Welcome to the Sunday Message Podcast of Bethany Church in Fresno, California. We hope this message will encourage and equip you as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. If today's message helps you, share it with a friend. If you would like to know more about the ministry of Bethany Church, please reach out on Facebook or at BethanyChurchFresno.com. And now, here's this week's message. Just been able to... uh build a little bit of camaraderie here in the body of Christ. It's been great. You know, um, I just want to share a little bit how I got uh, in, invited to come and share with you today. Um, I actually participate with an organization or in a prayer group of men that actually meet every Wednesday at 6 a.m. in the morning. We do a Zoom call and we pray together. And Brian has been a part of that call, and uh, one of the times afterwards, Brian asked me, hey, you know, let's get together and have a cup of coffee. So we did, and in the process of that, we have, uh, he asked me if, you know, if I would be interested in coming and sharing on prayer here with you guys, and I said, I would love to do that, and then he, uh, and then he told me the title of it. He says, I want you to come and, and, uh, uh, have teach on the fact of, of of asked when Jesus was asked by the or the disciples asked Jesus I should say to teach us how to pray and when I go man how can I do anything better than what Christ did how can I teach on how to pray more than what Christ said and uh, it kind of took me back by that to think about the seriousness of that topic about how to be taught in prayer that way. But um, but one of the things I would like to do is start out and just kind of share a little bit about my own prayer walk and uh, how I ended up to value prayer like I do. Um, I was born and raised here in Fresno, went to Bullard High School, graduated from Fresno State. and uh, But with that, I grew up in a non-Christian family. Um, when I was in about 16 years of age, I was invited by Campus Life to go to a Youth for Christ conference that they were doing over at Westmont College in Santa Barbara. And I first heard about it. I said, no, I don't think I want to go, you know, do this. And then one of my football buddies uh, found out that I was invited to go. And he says, hey, man, you have to go because my mom is making me go. I have to go. I don't want to go by myself. So and and then he said to me he says look at all we do there is we we go we play football we go to the beach and there are girls so so at 16 i said sure i'll go well anyway as i got there god kind of uh blindsided me and i met some other kids there that had a real heart and love for god they had something that i didn't have they loved god and what i saw in them i didn't not only didn't have, but I wanted. And that's when I invited Christ into my life when I was 16 years old. And since then, I have walked with God. Well, I was excited after getting saved, coming to know Christ. I wanted to come home and share it with my family. And so I did. I came home and I shared it with my mom and my dad and my siblings. And uh, for some reason, they didn't want to hear what I had to say. I was devastated thinking, you know, here, this is a life-changing event. Come to know the living God, you know. And so I went to my campus life leaders and I said, you know, how can, what do I need to do to help to get them saved? 
And they said, well, you can pray for them. So that's what I started doing. And that started my prayer adventure about seeking God to want to see God move in their lives. So, and it was from that, that at that time, that I began to really have a focus in on prayer. And part of what I want to do with this today is that that one of the difficulties that I have faced with in my Christian walk is that prayer is not fun. It's difficult. When I think about doing prayer, many times I feel like I'm praying and I'm praying to the wall. I don't feel like God hears my voice. I don't feel like there's anything moving in my heart. I just feel like I'm going through the motions. And it was very hard. And then along with that, there was a time where I felt that that prayer not only was difficult, I really didn't enjoy doing it. So in my Christian walk, I have struggled with prayer. But with that, that struggle in prayer, I began to see others that didn't struggle. I began to see other people that pray very fluently, like the leaders up here, like Christy prayed today for the, for the situation in Ukraine, for you finding a new pastor. You know, those are, those are things that, that I saw in other people, but I didn't have that. And so I said, how do I get that? Again, I went to my, my leaders and they said, you can read about men of prayer. And I go, read about men of prayer. He goes, yeah, you can read about them. And they would say, by reading about them and seeing what they have done, it will build your faith. And I go, there's got to be an easier way, you know. So anyway, I began to do that. So the one gentleman, my leader, recommended to me to read Martin uh, uh, George Mueller. And so as I read George Mueller, here he was. He started an orphanage, very similar to what Victor talked about today. But one of the things he did in building the orphanage, he didn't go ask people for money. He got on his knees and he prayed. And God met his needs. And I don't know how many orphanages he ended up starting, but it was a numerous amount with that. Along with that, too, I read, I became interested in reading George Spurgeon, who was a, as we all know, a great preacher. But he always gave his success to the the boiler room, which was the there was the where they had the the main service where they had all the pews, but underneath there was a room that they called the boiler room that people would go before the service during the week and they would pray for the service during that time and he was known for that they were known for the fact that they would pray for the service. Billy Graham, contemporary one, Billy Graham was also one. Before he came to Fresno, the last time he came here, we just moved back here when he they, they started to do his crusade, the last one he did in Fresno. And there was a team that went, a pre-team that came and talked to the churches and gathered the people together to pray for the crusade. And that was one of the conditions that he used in praying for the crusade with that. In my own contemporary life, in my spiritual walk, there was a a John Wimber um, who put together a whole series that he became known for, which was for the 
that that focused around praying for the sick and for seeing, seeing healings taking place. And then there was Mike Bickle, who has the 24-hour prayer that, that takes place in Kansas City, which has now gone out around the country. And then there are people like Leonard Ravenhill, who I got to hear personally, and he was a firebrand, but he would call people to pray and to seek the face and the heart of God and to have a, a vigilant, warrior-like almost desire to want to see God move in our midst. So from that, these men, reading that I met personally and reading the, their books, have inspired me and desire put a desire within me to build my faith concerning to wanting to pray more. And I can honestly say that it hasn't got any better. Prayer is still hard. There's times when I pray, when I don't feel like my prayers are being heard. I feel like they're just dribbling off on the floor. There's time when I, when we pray for the sick, for healing, and we, we fast and pray and seek God for healing, and people don't get healed. But there are those that do get healed. But there's that, and so it's like, why does God answer some prayers and not others? And we'll hopefully we'll talk, discuss a little bit about that today. But one of the things that, that or what I want to do today is that I want to focus in on the heart of prayer. I'm not here to give you the 10 steps on how to pray or do this for prayer. I want to talk about the heart of prayer. And I'm talking about your heart, our heart, because it is our heart that we begin to turn toward God in prayer that it opens our eyes and our hearts to who he is and what he has for us and the blessings and the glory of God that he wants to pour out on us. And it is our heart that God sees, that he looks at. So from that, I want to look at three different things. I'm going to talk about our relationship of knowing who we're praying to and what God has done for us. The second one is what that we are not the source of our spiritual life. The third one is to becoming a, a God-pleaser, a lover of God, and what it means to be a lover of God. Prayer starts with knowing who we're praying to. We are praying to the God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, the one that has given us life and has put the Spirit of God within us. It is He is that which we can draw from and know and understand and to see that he will reveal himself to us as we pursue to him, as we want him. But the key to that is, is that God has done for us everything to establish relationships with us. God said that he sent his son to die on a cross, that die on a cross, that all might have life and to have it more abundantly. He has done that for all. Our responsibility is how we pursue him and walk with him in that, which is the second part of that. The relationship that we have with God is fundamental in prayer. Our relationship with him is one to where we understand of who we are in him, that we are a child of God. And we all know that. We all understand that. But even as we talk about prayer in, in a church setting, it's, it's kind of a disconnect at times because we all know how to pray, don't we? It's not something new. We all pray. 
the difference is, or the, the caveat of, is wanting to go beyond just our normal prayer life. Wanting to go beyond just what we know in a very, uh, superficial kind of a way. But to really want to have our prayers answered, to really want to see God move, to want to really see His Spirit poured out in our midst. That's where we come when it really talks about getting on our knees, seeking the face and the heart of God, and asking Him to pour out His Spirit upon us and those things that we desire to see. But with that, the, the second point that we have is a related to the first point, and that is, is because we are not the source of our spiritual lives, we cannot generate it, nor can we receive it unless we abide in Christ. It is in prayer that we abide in him. It is understanding that it is only in him that we can abide in those prayers or abide in the life that God has for us through prayer. The the calling of abiding in Christ is one that we have, that we, we can see and to understand God's goodness about what he has for us in that, which which God has led to us as being the third part. What God has done for us, the abiding that he calls to us to, what is our part in that abiding? How do we abide in Christ and the things that he has given to us? The abiding part is I've gone through and I've lifted out some scriptures. I think they um, have put them on the, the uh, board here. Okay, well. With that is it, I just want to read these over and we can, you know, that it talks about the abiding scriptures that God calls us to. The first one is, um, is, is Psalms 119 verse 2. It says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Deuteronomy 6, 5. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. John 14:15 If you love me you will keep my commandments. John 14:21 Whoever has my commandments and keeps them he it is who loves me. John 14:24 Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And 1 John 5:3 For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. And John 15:10 If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Understanding and seeing and knowing the love relationship that we have with God is is what motivates our heart to want to turn our heart to him. And it is that, that understanding, that foundation of God's love for us and how he has called us to love him. He has done his part very faithfully, and yet he is calling us to do our part in following what he has given us to love him back, and he has shown us and told us how to do it. The blessing of that is, is that we don't have to do it in our own strength, and our own might. As we call out to God and ask to be filled with the Spirit, God fills us with his Spirit, gives us the ability, the strength, the understanding, and the wisdom to walk in that which God has given us. And it is the truth and the power of knowing that, exercising that in our faith and our walk before him, 
that we know that God is with us, that his hand is upon us. And what a great salvation that we have, that not only did God give us the way in which to forgive us of our sins, but he didn't just leave it at that. He sent his spirit that dwells within us, that gives us power and authority and blessing to walk in what God has for us. That is an awesome thing. Pastor Bruce Porter is currently going through 1 John. 1 John is looked upon and knowing as the love relationship that we have with the Father and how the Father loves us and how he has called us to love him. I'm sure that it will be exciting as, as Pastor Bruce takes you through, through that. One of the things, there's an important thing about posturing our hearts before God. It's one thing to bow our knees before him in prayer and even look like we're doing that. But it's another thing to where when we rend our hearts toward God, God wants us to rend our hearts towards him. It's important that we pray on our knees, but even more importantly, he wants our hearts to be rent and bowed towards him as we seek his face. And The biblical pattern that we pray through that God has given us is one that we pray to the Father through the Spirit or through, excuse me, we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus and by the Spirit. So the Trinity, when we pray and we seek God, we can have our minds focused in on who we're praying to. We're praying to Jesus. We're praying to the Father in the name of Jesus and we're being filled with the Spirit led by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit. And that's that that understanding of who we're praying to in that. One of the things, when we pray, many times our prayers are not answered, and we struggle with that. I know I struggle with that. There's many times I prayed and asked for people who were sick. We've anointed them and prayed them with oil, and they don't get well. And then there's other times they do. So what is the trick? What's you saying, okay, God, why'd you heal this one or do that one? Not do it here. It's like we don't know. The only thing that we're prayed to is to pray. We're to seek God, asking for grace and wisdom, and to wanting him to move as we seek him and pray for him. But there's no guarantee that he will answer that prayer. Our job is to have faith that he will. Our job is to be persistent and continue to seek after and wanting God to answer those prayers, even though it may not seem like he has answered them, even though we are disappointed many times about the answers that we get. But it's that it's that continued seeking, walking, desiring, wanting God, that we get those things, that God will answer that which he has given us to do. Dick Eastman, there's a quote here that I would like to have put up on the screen. It says, the only place to learn prayer is in prayer, bent and broken on our knees. Prayer is a skill developed through the experience. Learning to pray is like a trade. We are apprentice, and we must serve time at it. Constant prayer, thought, practice, and time are needed to become 
a skill for prayer. It is moving our hearts from duty to delight. And our prayer as in our prayer as we grow and we pursue God, prayer is something that we love to do. It takes us from the duty aspect of it to something that we love and, and enjoy. I know that Chrissy, they introduced the half hour uh, prayer time that you guys are going to be doing on the 11th of every month. And to fill a half hour, it's like, oh, what am I going to do to fill a half hour? A lot of times we get panicked about that. I would encourage you just to make a list of the things you want to pray for. Pray for re- you, the, the orphanage in, in the Ukraine. Pray for your pastor uh, your, that is going to be coming, that God gives the, the uh, board or the governing uh, ones that are making a decision, wisdom and insight, that God brings to you the right man or woman, that God's blessing will be upon your church for direction and guidance as you pray for those that are your leaders and that are making that decision. You can also pray for Brian and Becky as the God's blessing, protection, and anointing, opening doors, providing the finances that are all part of that. You can pray for your family and seeking what it means to pray for your family. Pray for their salvation. Pray for the covering of God over them. And But, but as you work off of that list, as you go down, you will have find many things to pray for. And then along with that, if you run out of things, as you read the word of God, ask God to show you how to pray the word of God. You can take, like, for instance, taking the um, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that we are supposed to start out with. That we can say, that you can say, oh, Father, how great and wonderful you are. How glorious and great are your ways. That the Spirit of God that dwells within me and how you Fill my heart with understanding and give glory in God unto that. And if you have a hard time, even with that, turn to the Psalms. Find a calm. Do do Psalm, particularly in the back, like Psalm 150 to 145 are all prayer songs, praise songs. And you can pray those. And then along with that, you can take the, you know, the fruits of the Spirit. We all need the fruits of the Spirit. You can pray the fruits of the Spirit in your life. Then along with that, you can also pray the gifts of the Spirit. Ask God to show you which gifts are yours. Ask God to reveal to you his purpose and his plan and his will for you concerning what he desires to do in you and through you. You know, one of the things that I love doing is taking the, the Last Supper, and, and when, the last meal that, that Jesus had with his disciples in John 14, 15, and which we'll talk a little bit more about here in a minute. But with that is it that... I guess I won't talk more about it here in a minute. But um, with that, I just I just want to close with this one thing here. Let me just move over here. You know, my prayer today for you as a congregation, I like that they'll, you'll grow in your desire to want to grow in your prayer life and to be encouraged to grow in your prayer life. You know, and, and that's and, and with that is it. The, the, the cry of our heart can be is ask the Spirit of God to lead you and guide you and to teach you how to pray. That is the greatest thing that we could do. So with that, I just, um, I just want to pray a prayer or a blessing over you. Father, we just thank you 
for your spirit that dwells within us, that leads us and guides us to you, that fills us with your love, your understanding, and your grace to desire and to want more of you. Father, I thank you that your ways are so wonderful. I thank you for your spirit that leads us and guides us. And and as we cry out to you, that you are faithful in all things. For your glory and your honor, we ask this. Amen. Thanks for listening. Know that God loves you more than you can imagine. And for everything Bethany Church, check out BethanyChurchFresno.com. Thank you.